This is What Do, the serious business podcast for serious business people. Reporting from Peaks Island, Maine, I am Tom McCoy, your top autist, or at least one of them. And with me today is the incredible, world famous, the absolutely stunning Solid 7, Kate, also known as Captain Boomies on various media. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you for that atrocious introduction. Uh, I'm like at least a seven and a half. Let's be real. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if you were cool with that before we started, but then <laughs> I serve oh, the morality of if it's funny, say it. If it's more funny than it is meat spirited, it kind of cancels out. I'm so really I'm, all right with it. I find that anytime I'm being funny, it's because I'm trying really hard to explain something to people, and they don't give a shit. <laughs> And people find that entertaining, which says something. Is that where the persona kind of gave rise? Yeah. Um, taking yourself seriously as a boat captain is not a good idea if you're a woman. Um, you will you will tucker out real quick. <laughs> so uh, I like to not be very serious while handling millions of dollars of equipment and dangerous weather and all that kind of good stuff. It, it helps people to not have to ask the question of, should we trust this pair of tits? And they ask themselves, oh my God, is she joking? And that's a better question <laughs> for them to be thinking about while I'm asking for things from my crew. So leave the impression that like they'll feel that they fucked up if you fuck up. It's like, yeah, we trusted her with the Yeah, something like that. You know. I I I've had to prove myself plenty of times and then I got tired of that. So now I just try to make as big an ass of myself as possible hmm. and show people that it still isn't the end of the world. Yeah. The... <laughs> so where'd the no, uh nominer? Nomiker? Moniker. Boomies come uh, from? Because uh, it sounded like boobies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's it. Nothing special. It's sad, though, because I I remember settling on the name Captain Boomies since it was close enough for, like, video gaming or something. And that very week is when I met Captain Charlotte. And Captain Charlotte has me beat <laughs> big time she and she could give dolly Parton a run for her money um and her and her gamer tag is captain labia yeah pretty much <laughs> excellent captain though completely excellent and i pity her all the time because she has that much harder of a time getting people to listen to her <laughs> so i taught her my favorite trick which is People would say to her, oh, little lady, you know, nice job pulling that boat in to the dock today. And the trick is you just tell them like, yeah, gee, thanks, mister. It's my first time I learned yesterday. <laughs> just let them have it. Yeah. It's easier it, that way. I'll say it. It's not fair. It's a stereotype. You have a type? I, have, I do have a type, though. The avuncular, <laughs> salt and pepper, some bitch, who's like the kind of guy who's like your uncle. And every time you step on the boat, he shouts at you, you got to catch me some dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could do that voice. 
<laughs> I could be that kind of captain, I think. No, I really can't do that. How that hurts. That yeah. is an obstacle, though, in, in, in a profession that you don't look at, like, the stereotype at all. Hmm. Like, if you're a skinny chef. Ooh, yeah, I have definitely judged chefs on their frailness, is what I'm going to call it. If, if I can see your collarbone, I'm, I don't trust you <laughs> to make me a good sandwich. Because you, you clearly don't trust yourself. Clearly. Um, I, well, especially not when it comes to cooking, I cannot cook a damn thing. But as far as doing a job that stereotypically you don't look like you should be doing, I think that's almost getting boring for people at this point. Like I, as a woman doing a job that's a little bit different than what women should be doing, I found that it's just a benefit to me because it makes me more memorable. People remember my name easier. If I put references down, it's not like the person calling is like, I'm sorry, which Mike was that? <laughs> no, it's Captain Kate. You're gonna know who they're talking about. And I just pity all the guys for having to slog through it long after they've already taken their first command. Mm. And you, that's a good point about like both being more bored than offended at the stereotypes and the double-edged sword of lower expectations. Yeah. Because I, 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 I do get it because as top autists, I hear the same thing like maybe twice a day. It's like, oh, Sonic the Hedgehog, do you like Sonic? Ooh. And of course I do. <laughs> and you, Wait, is that really the correct answer? I, I'm genuinely asking. Who doesn't like Sonic? It, Sonic is great. I miss those video games, but um, I am terrified of whatever that live action one was. Ooh. It was not very good. <laughs> it was not worse than Cats. Who knew? Who knew Cats would be so bad? I mean, I was so looking forward to watching Rebel Wilson shovel cockroaches into her mouth. I don't know why it did as poorly as it did. When did you start boat? Uh, I grew up sailing. Um, uh, my father had me on boats before I could walk. And he is very excited about the fact that I became a boat captain. Um, he ended up getting his captain's license after I did just because he was so, he got so into it after I did. <laughs> uh, but he was always that way. Growing up, if I took up softball, I had all of the kit and he was out there helping and being an assistant coach and all that kind of stuff. So um, I had just really good dad in all my life. Um, and I think that made a big difference in being able to deal with being in a man's world or hmm. whatever. Because, you know, there's no way you're more obnoxious than my father. <laughs> yeah. And what were those uh, steps upward like? Because I remember my first day as a first mate, like you're kind of racking with anxiety. And then you realize, like, I'm just doing everything I did before, but louder and telling people how to do it. Um, I had a leg up in that I had already been teaching sailing as a like, camp counselor every summer of my life, and the boats just kept getting bigger and bigger every year, um, until I was trying to convince middle-aged people to 
you know, that they could infect their boat charter on their own. Um, and that's when I needed to have a captain's license. And that's when I met my husband, who was the engineer on a big white yacht that was in my way every day. And they needed an extra set of hands to help them get uh, to a haul out because they had run aground and they needed to check the underside of the boat. And they're like, well, that chick knows how to tie a knot. Let's bring her. I hopped on board. Turns out that I knew a lot about navigation, radar, knots, you know, all kinds of skills that are super useful in a pilot house. And uh, so they decided to keep me on for the delivery down to Florida. And the rest is history. So is there a legal distinction between pilot house and wheelhouse? Because I would use them interchangeably. You can absolutely use them interchangeably. Um, I do use them interchangeably. If I'm talking about a wheelhouse versus a pilot house, I would say, and if I'm if I'm going to make a mental note to make a distinction, some of those old tiny boats, the wheelhouse literally only has a wheel. It doesn't have any of your other instruments. Uh, and so you're having to like turn over your shoulder and yell at the guy who's down at the chart table. <laughs> and in that situation, I would call that a wheelhouse and not necessarily a pilot house. What do you look for in a deckhand? Ability to take direction. Hmm. And that's it. That's all you need. If I can teach you something and if you can do it in an upbeat kind of way, you're good to go. Oh, and if you can swim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the other one. I learned that lesson. Ask if they can swim. Uh, <laughs> you're allowed to ask that in a job interview. There's so many questions you're not allowed to ask people when you're interviewing them for a job, but you are allowed to ask them if they can swim, which is all of the most painful things to set up and take down. You've been, uh, I'm sure you've been asked this before. So it was like below deck? Yes. Um, I, having only watched one episode of Below Deck, I'm going to say yes, it's exactly like Below Deck, except you literally don't have time to have the kind of drama they have. You have all the same thoughts and emotions and, and drama, but you have to squash that shit down because you've got to turn this boat around in two hours and get your charter desk and get them back and then move anchorages because otherwise you're going to lose your spot. <laughs> you just don't have time. You didn't have reserve slips? Almost never. And even if you do have a slip reservation, if you're not there exactly when you said you were going to be there, they will sell that to somebody who's willing to pay more. Damn. In the busy seasons. But yeah, uh, I've, I've caught glimpses of below deck before. And I say glimpses, like I'm, I'm guilty. Maybe 20 minutes at a time. Wow, what a douchey show. <laughs> um i actually worked i i knew i'm not gonna say worked but i knew a few of the crew members in the first season which is partly why i couldn't really watch it it was just too weird um but i bet i would love it i'm i have no problem with garbage television i think it's totally worth shutting your brain down sometimes See, that's that's swamp people for me. That's my <laughs> it's such a comfy setting. Have you ever been to the bayou? No, and I need to go. 
do you have uh, businesses? Can, can we talk about like the hair salon? Yeah, we can talk about the hair salon. I love my hair salon. My hair salon is the best thing I ever did as a business-minded person because I don't know anything about hair. I don't know a darn thing about hair. And it means that I can never be in the critical path. So like day-to-day -day operations, I literally cannot help my employees when there's a hair problem. Um, so it means that I can only look at the big picture. I can only move things towards, you know, better margins, better marketing, better profits. I, that's the only thing I can do. I cannot jump in and like wield a curling iron. I would be very bad at that. <laughs> that is, it's an interesting diversion, diversion from a, like a captain's life though. How that, how were you inspired? Well, my inspiration is a bad word. I know, but inspiration um look around you and find who is really really good at what they do and doesn't like their boss in my case it happened to be my sister is the greatest hairstylist who has ever lived ever um and just wanted a little more flexibility in her schedule she wasn't getting that from her boss i figured out what it would take for a business plan to work with her as my primary uh worker bee um with a five-year plan to get her off the floor and just training people and the thing i didn't anticipate in that was that she's she loves being on the floor so while we have done everything else to get her off the floor we you know she just wants to be there so i'm i'm still benefiting from her being in the critical path um and i'm back here trying to stay out of the way because it's running really beautifully, um, and I I can't tell you how grateful I am that that all worked out the way it worked out. Yeah, that's being on the floor. It it's really made me think it because one of the things I've thought about the last few months about how we live in a society is yeah. you can't you're not it's frowned upon to stay on the floor no matter how much you love it. Well, it's like I maintain my captain's license because I love it, not yeah. because it's where my money comes from anymore. Um, and you can't. Uh, so while I do do lots of. Uh, during COVID, I did things like. Virtual how not to murder your spouse while docking. We called it docking without divorcing. And I talked about how you call distances and how you talk to each other so that you don't want to murder each other when you and your loved one are docking the boat. And it went really great. Uh, I was doing it with yacht clubs that would get all their buddies together who are like, oh, yeah, Steve and Judy really need this. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Turns out Steve and Judy absolutely needed what I'm saying, but I could probably solve their problems. So uh so you've read like you've read the business staples, right? You've read Think and Grow Rich. I've read Think and Grow Rich. So did you know that it was all like so I actually still like the book. I think it's a useful book, but it's based on nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. No, I actually Oh, one of the most valuable things that ever happened to me was working for billionaires. And 
I had actually already read Think and Grow Rich before meeting billionaires. And then talking to billionaires is when I figured out, holy shit, the Think and Grow Rich guy actually has no idea what he's talking about. It's all fake until you make, because this guy, Napoleon Hill, was a bullshit artist to the bone. Yeah. Um, however, there was some creativity of mind that he encouraged in that book that I still think is valuable. Oh, absolutely. Um, in that you might, the fact that people are, do not think about money the right way is just true. That's just true. People don't think about money the right way. They think about money in terms of how it's treated them in the past, how it's, uh, you know, affected their ability to have the things they want. Like, and that's not going to help you. What is going to help you is recognizing where you can leverage money. And that's it. That's it. That's the only thing money is good for is leveraging something else. What is your definition of hard work? Ooh, what yeah. is my definition of hard work? I mean, that's a jump and nothing I want to do. <laughs> but, uh, hard work is, okay. If I'm talking to my little niece and I'm telling her because she's frustrated with something, she can't get the block in the thing, even though it fits. Um, and she's trying and she's like, you're such a hard worker, you're gonna get it. I know because you have that ability, you're a hard worker. Um, so I guess in that scenario, what I'm trying to say is she has the wherewithal and tenacity to not give up on something. So because I think of hard work in terms of wherewithal and tenacity, it means that I might not be laboring constantly, but I might have the patience to wait and see if the work that I did put in is going to pay off. Dedication. I think, I think a lot of people don't have that. Um, I think a lot of people crap out early. So, for example, being a captain, mm -hmm. I took some really shit jobs early on in order to have my first command. I mean, I am the, the captain on record that I am the captain of record. I am the person who is responsible. I am the one who, whose job it is to make sure that everything goes the way it's supposed to go. And because I took on those jobs early, it meant that I had more opportunities at a younger age, earlier in my career. And, and they weren't pretty jobs, they were hideous. And I worked my butt off. Um, I literally did what I would call hard work. In that a, lot of, was, a lot of pump outs? Oh my God, <laughs> like I was doing the ugliest jobs you can possibly imagine and running hours and hours and I mean, I, okay, I was working so hard that I didn't take bathroom breaks and ended up peeing myself on the Prince of Monaco's boat. <laughs> didn't you pee yourself in Buckingham Palace too? No, I almost peed myself in you Buckingham almost Palace. <laughs> like, but I did end up peeing on the Prince of Monaco's boat. Um, and that, I would do that if, even if I didn't have to go. 
like no no it was it was mortifying and i'm very yeah (laughs) so you know Uh, what you have to do then is that you have to pee your entire pants no well i was wearing a dress um oh and i i had been working for 14 hours that day nonstop, just running around crazy and i was so excited that i got invited to this very fancy party i was super impressed that like with everything that was happening it was the most beautiful boat i had ever seen i was dumbfounded by how cool her crew were and i couldn't believe that i was gonna get to be part of this party so I had my very pretty cocktail dress on and I had run there from wherever the heck I was and got on board and they immediately put a glass of champagne in your hands. It was the fanciest fucking thing ever. I'm so excited that I'm like 20 years old and just can't wait <laughs> to be at this fancy party. And I'm like, okay, I gotta use the bathroom though. Where is the ladies room and some nice staff member pointed me towards the companion way so I walked down the companion way two steps and find that the line is literally snaking around the interior of this boat and I'm never gonna make it so I gotta go really really bad in the bilge <sighs> no they're not gonna let you like pull up hatches in this very nice boat that's not an option so I come back up on deck thinking I'll go use some shore facilities and uh, you know I'm like like wiggling with my legs closed as tight as I can so I don't wet myself and my boss stops me and he's like oh my gosh you know Kate like so glad you made it you look fantastic I need to introduce you to so-and-so blah 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 and I'm like yeah that's great and all like uh, yeah I'm like I gotta go though <laughs> like and I keep going and then I get stopped by the Commodore of the Yacht Club that we were at and he's like, oh, Captain Kate, I have to introduce you to the Prince of Monaco. And now I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm about to meet royalty. Like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I really have to pee. I'm starting to see yellow. I'm completely fucked right now. And I still have this glass of champagne in my hands and I'm trying to like nod yes and be a participant in this conversation. And I just can't because I'm sweating now. I'm wet everywhere and a little bit comes out. And now I'm really wet everywhere. So I, you know, like, oh, telling a joke and I'm supposed to laugh. And so I try to laugh and then a little bit more comes out. And now I'm like, oh no, (laughs) I cannot maintain this. So I take my glass of champagne, I throw it on my own crotch, go, oh no, and I run off the boat, peeing the whole way as I get to the gangway. (laughs) Because I don't know what the fuck else to do. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life. I I literally threw champagne on my own crotch just to like just to get away with having beat myself because I couldn't slow down enough, take enough breaks to, to go to the bathroom before showing up to the next part of the day. The end. That was good thinking though. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, oh, thank you. overcome. <laughs> That's a good note to end on. See you soon. All right, you have a great one. Good night and thank you. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) Have fun in Maine.
I was gonna say you too, but have fun <laughs> in Baltimore. I will. <laughs> Take care, man. Bye.